I suck at jujitsu. How do I suck less? Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney and I just want to welcome you to episode 208 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So today we have another one that's kind of fun. We did last week the seven habits of highly effective grapplers and what that was about was uh, just kind of taking this idea of the seven habits of highly effective people and applying them to grappling. Uh, we're going to look today at the 10 commandments of BJJ competition. This is not going to uh, um, be have any application from the 10 commandments from the Bible. Uh, I just have 10 random commandments for BJJ competition, but we did do our best to make them sound like, or at least we had ChatGPT do its best to make it sound like uh, commandments from the Bible. And so it sounds pretty fun. Um, but I'm definitely not going to hit you guys with thou shall not murder because when we're going out there to compete, that's what, that's what it's about. Right. Um, so on this one, uh, just like last week, we're going to get into a lot of different things. As always, the goal is to give you guys a lot of little nuggets, a lot of little things to kind of think on. If there is anything that I talk about in this episode, or I talked about it in the last episode, or just any of these episodes where I'm throwing a lot of random thoughts at you and a lot more different stuff at you and less about one topic or one idea. Usually, I'm doing these episodes because there's just no one topic to dive into that I know right now or that I have right now. I have a few thoughts on where we're going to go with the solo episodes of the show, but... I really need you guys to help me. I really don't know what you guys want to hear unless you guys tell me what you want to hear, okay? So for me, I'm looking at you know just the, the next couple months of the podcast and where we're going to go. I have a whole series of solo episodes planned for you guys. It's at least four weeks. I'll probably come up with a few more episodes for it. Um, but besides that, I don't really have anything else planned. So as we're throwing a lot at you, especially today, I'm going to throw so much at you when it comes to BJJ competition. Um, if you ever want to hear me talk more about any of these things, or even a couple of these things that I, maybe you don't feel like I explain well enough, or you just don't understand yet, uh, keep asking away. We get to talk for an hour or, or plus sometimes every single week. And so the best way to learn something is through what? It's through understanding and repetition. And so sometimes to understand, you got to hear me talk about it on the podcast and explain it 10 different ways. And then it finally clicks and you can start to take that knowledge and get other repetition with it. Um, But that being said, I think we'll just get into today's episode because... I don't need to add any pizzazz in the beginning of this episode. I could not tell you how good of a choice it was to have written the 10 commandments of BGA competition and then going, Hey, chat GPT, make these sound like real old Testament commandments. I think that that is going to make the episode a hundred times more fun um, because its wording is, is great. And so uh, that's what we will get into uh, without further ado. Let's go ahead and get into the episode.
Behold, the Ten Commandments of BJJ competition as revealed to you by the mats of ancient wisdom. Obviously a chat GPT quote, but let's get into commandment one. Thou shalt receive thy reward. No excuse shall be accepted. Actually says thou shalt receive thy just reward for no excuses shall be accepted. And this is actually from a quote from one of my friends. Um, he doesn't quote it like ChatGPT, but what his quote was is somebody who's been on the show, will be on again soon, actually just commentated on my match that I just had last weekend. And I listened to the commentary, and my boy Charlie Hershey was just giving mad shout outs to the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show. Uh, and so, uh, commandment one comes from this statement he made to me one time, somebody I knew lost and we we're talking about what happened. We we're talking about the situation and he says, yeah, funny thing about jujitsu competition. You get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. This is to me, this is commandment one. This is my biggest commandment to my students. This is the one thing that you will hear me talk about constantly and you will see me live out on the podcast. If you ever see me start to shake on this one commandment, call me out on it. Excuse makers will suck forever. And so many people cheapen their loss by making an excuse. Oh, well, if I could have done this um, or, you know, we, we got restarted out of bounds and, and it was a bad reset or whatever. And I know that this is an oversimplification. But if you were just better, it wouldn't have mattered. I've had terrible calls and won the matches. I've had refs that obviously didn't want to give me points and were even teammates of the guys that I fought. And I've won matches. Therefore, when it happens to me and I lose, yeah, that sucks. That's frustrating. It's hard to not dwell on it. But here's the thing. As soon as I make the excuse of, well, I, you know, I had too much weight to cut and that's the only reason I lost. As soon as I do that, I mean, that I could fix too. That's, that's, that's also putting the responsibility on myself. That sometimes does happen. Um, but let's say... Oh, the ref said it was out of bounds and it shouldn't have been out of bounds and it kept me from scoring two points. Well, if you weren't good enough in the 10 minute round, you know, I'm giving you myself as an example, and you had that one shot to score, yes, you needed to capitalize on that. It sucks that the ref restarted you out of bounds. But if your jujitsu wasn't good enough to overcome that, you didn't deserve to win. You deserved to lose. And so now you get the choice. Do you make an excuse? Or do you say this is, even though there were things out of your control, those things are out of your control. You cannot change them. Not to hit you with too much Bible today, but I was just reading in the book of Matthew, Jesus asked, has anyone ever added a day to their life through worry? And so often we want to worry about things that are completely out of our realm of control and understanding. And in Jiu-jitsu, this is so big because no one can just admit I lost because I suck. I lost 
not because he stalled, but because he took me down. Another man was on top of me, and I spend countless hours every single day making sure that if another man was on top of me, I can sweep him or submit him. I can get him off of me. And this man was too good at staying on top of me. What does that mean? Oh, he stalled. Oh, it was the rule set. No, you sound stupid. You suck. When it happens to me, I suck. Get over it. That is part of this. It's why my, my show is called the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu Show. is because the arrogance and ego in Jiu-Jitsu is hidden. It's a different type of arrogance and it's a different type of ego, but it's there and it's there amongst black belts. It's there amongst high level guys, especially you see in the content creation world, guys will be afraid to compete because of how hard people on Reddit are when they lose, you know, that guys that create content, because then they'll say stuff like, oh, well, this guy just lost. And he says that he has good, you know, he showed me the submission defense. So obviously that doesn't work because he lost. Nah, dude. That's ignorant. Anyone who thinks in those terms from one side or the other is wrong. If you are a, a if you are a coach and you can't go out and lose in front of your students cuz you feel like, well then my students won't respect me or whatever. No, that's not true. Your students will respect you more if you go out and lose and then that next Monday you're working on what you lost to you're fixing it you didn't it didn't have to do with the weight class it didn't have to do with that this guy was you know oh well this guy trains full-time and i don't get to train full-time doesn't matter those things do not matter we reference this all the time when we talk about bga competition when jack sparrow says to uh, what's orlando bloom's character say will when he says to will what is it will turner he says to Will Turner, there are only two things that matter in a fight, what a man can do and what a man can't do. And I don't, and yeah, you can think about jujitsu competition that way. You know, what can you get away with? That's kind of a big point of the rules in jujitsu. It seems like is how well you can bend them. When you understand that it will make things seem a lot less stressful for you at jujitsu competition, because that's what it's about. But the truth is you could win or you could lose. Those are your options. There are things you can control. You can control your preparation. You can control your response to the outcome. But besides that, there's nothing really that's in your control. You could just fight a better grappler. That happens. You suck. It's okay. We all suck at jujitsu. That's how you get good is you notice those things that you suck at and then you fix them. So, Again, you get what you deserve. Commandment one, thou shalt receive thy just reward for no excuses shall be accepted. Commandment two, thou shalt document thy journey. Capturing it in video, photos, and in notes. So, record everything. My coach told me this when I first started. He said, hey, get a notebook. And write down all of your matches. And I remember doing it the first time and feeling really silly. I, I was 14 and, and being like, this kind of feels silly to do. Like, why am I writing down these notes? I've only done one jujitsu competition. You know, I had a couple matches. I'm 
uh, two and two now as a as a grappler and um then i did it for the next one in the next one it just became a habit and it was this habit that i would bring this notebook i think all the way through like pretty deep into purple belt when i started just losing so much that i got tired of writing stuff down um i you know so i have like i have tons of tons of matches tons of super fights tons of just all kinds of different stuff and I have little notes on those things from my 14, 15, 16-year-old perspective. Uh, and so not that I have gone back on those things and, and wa- watched them or read them or anything like that, but the knowing that I could and knowing that like those things are not just lost to time um, because I have this notebook under my bed still under uh, <laughs> with a – it's a notebook with a – ton of medals and belts just stuffed into a box and that's where i keep my (laughs) jujitsu memories and being able to do that is so so nice now there are a lot of matches i don't have one of the nicest things you can do as a spectator is come in with some space on your phone record every match upload them to youtube unlisted okay so you don't list them on youtube you just have them unlisted on a YouTube channel. You could even, if you're the video guy at your gym, have a YouTube channel for your teammates, but just unlisted videos because it's a very easy way to share the videos. You can just upload them directly to YouTube. Um, and it doesn't mess with the quality of the videos like sending them through basically any other app. And so, uh, yeah, that's a random thought about you should be recording everything. And uh, I just, I look back and see so many times I can be thankful that I had a teammate that recorded. Or even if you have somebody recording and you notice it, I still will record. And a lot of times, the reason we do that is because oftentimes at our gym, somebody's going live in our team Facebook group when there's a competition. So you may think he's recording, but he's really going live and the quality of that video is going to suck because he's going live. Uh, and so if you notice somebody, you could record, if you notice two people recording, snap a few pictures, people, everybody that does jujitsu wants Instagram pictures with caption, the caption iron sharpens iron. Everybody wants that. It's really the point that of, of Instagram for jujitsu guys is that iron sharpens iron post. And then some post where you're kind of looking out and it's either about, acai or your girlfriend's getting hit on and it's funny that those are like the three jokes that we make at jujitsu competitions but like they're pretty consistent you know it seems to happen all the time uh so yeah take photos take notes uh dude i'm so happy that when i was 18 and i whenever i maybe 17 whenever i got my first credit card and started working one of the first purchases i made was uh, Dropbox. It was like $10 a month for Dropbox and I still have Dropbox and I still have, I have hundreds of gigabytes of jujitsu footage and uh, that I could always go back to and I could always mess with. And so uh, thou shalt document thy journey, capture it in video, photos, and in notes. Now, commandment three, this is more of a statement and less of, oh no, no. Okay, here we go. They did, man, chat gpt i had it as a statement chat gpt rewrote it into a uh into a commandment commandment three bjj competition is a distinct skill 
separate from the rolling in thy gym. So I think I had written it differently. How did I have this written? Oh, I said BJ competition is a skill. It is separate from rolling at your gym. Okay, so this is something that people don't understand. And I'm going to talk about a few levels of not understanding this. Uh, the first level is I have good sweeps and you expect to get to pull guard and sweep the guy and get on top and pass his guard and mount him and submit him. And um, you haven't really competed. And you go in and you hit that first sweep. And then the dude fights to the absolute death to keep those points from happening. He bellies down. He risks giving up his back just to wrestle up, and then there's no points. And your game plan was built around somebody sweeping, getting swept, and then saying, well, I'm just going to play guard now because that's what most people do in the gym, right? In jiu-jitsu, it's almost like in our training, if you fight too many sweeps too hard, you get too tired. And then you don't even have energy to play your guard. And people start to naturally figure that out, right? And they start to go, oh, okay, I'm getting swept. Make sure to land in my butterfly guard so then I can sweep this guy back. In jujitsu competition, yes, that happens. But that happens so much less. It's always so shocking for people to have to fight like have to fight a sweep like and finish the sweep finish a guard pass or finish a takedown it is so much different in a jiu-jitsu tournament and a lot of times people aren't told that you didn't know how much harder this guy is going to fight um random little thought people that are struggling with this i maybe never even shared this but i share this all the time to students and friends people that struggle with those things finishing the guard pass Finishing, especially finishing this, uh, the, the takedown, but then even more than that, finishing the double ankle sweep or some type of both leg control sweep, learning how to pummel your legs on the inside, learning how to stay underneath the other guy's bottom leg, whichever side he turns to, getting underneath that leg to keep it off the ground and keep him from being able to come up. What you do to get good at any of those things is you go, my coach would always call easy in, hard out, okay? So easy in on the sweep. As soon as the butt touches, we both fight hard to get up, okay? And I need to be doing this with all kinds of different people that will give me all kinds of different reactions. And I'll do the same couple sweeps, but I'll hit those things and it will start to let me develop this hidden skill that only we seem to use in competition, which is just stand up. Oh, you're getting your guard passed. Just get up, right? And so often in the gym, as my friend Chris Payne says, we all have this parasite in us in the jiu-jitsu gym that says it's okay to play guard. Meaning when you get swept, you just always go, oh, okay, I'll just play guard. To me, I don't think it's a big deal. I'm a big guard guy. Love guard. But to an extent, he's right. Because when we get rid of that parasite before competition, which a lot of people will, they will just fight to the absolute death and they don't get swept. The other guy does not sweep them. Little side note, if you guys want to know why that happens, why there are people that are unsweepable, and then you want to know basically an hour's worth of principles to make you unsweepable, 
I have a new instructional coming out. Uh, it's called Framework Fusion, showing the framework of guard passing. Uh, I don't have a date for you guys. I'm thinking it'll be in the next five weeks before um, be, before uh, at least I think in a month we should be able to, to put it out. I've already recorded a lot of it, but there's still a lot that I want to add to it uh, match breakdown wise and stuff. But this will be, you know, I know that there are other conceptual passing things out there. And I know I never, I always try to be overly humble on the podcast, but I'm going to be totally honest with you guys for the next 15 seconds. This is the best conceptual understanding of guard passing. I promise. I know what I'm saying there. I've never claimed that about any other thing that I've taught, but we have spent three years of finding the best conceptual understanding and then where there isn't from other people that we can steal, where there were parts of the framework that were happening that were unexplainable from other people's ideas, well, we figured it out. We connected it. And to me, there has just never been a more holistic understanding of being on top and passing the guard, staying on top, never getting submitted from top, um, you know, and these are things that you've seen me develop more and more as a competitor over the last few years. And so, uh, random, random little thought uh, that if you want to know how guys like uh, Jansen Gomez stay on top of Tynan Dalper for so long in a match, uh, in one of the best guard players in the world, I can explain those frameworks to you in such a simple way. And when you watch guard passing in jujitsu competition, it will change what you are seeing. You would be able to almost predict the future to your friends because you'll see what fights are being won and what fights are being lost. And you'll go, oh, um, bottom player is about to sweep. And then it happens and people's minds are blown. But it's really just a simple understanding of the framework. Like I said, that's coming out in a month. Back to BGJ competition as a skill. Um, and this is per a perfect segue. I didn't even intend to do this, but this is a perfect segue or this thought, innovating on jiu-jitsu technique is not the answer for winning jiu-jitsu competition, okay? It's been proven. The best innovate, technique innovators, okay, especially the best American technique innovators, very few of them have found real success in jiu-jitsu. And I have known a lot of them, okay? They would think, well, everything, you know, technique conquers all, right? And they would simplify that to just be moves. The right moves counter all, conquer all. The right grips conquer all. And the reason I argue that this is not the way is because it's inefficient. Having to rely, imagine this, imagine you and I have a business that we run together and imagine this business can only operate if you and I are constantly innovating. That's, that's going to be really hard. Innovation is hard, especially planning on innovating. Oh yeah, I'm just going to come up with something here. This is why I've switched to conceptual teaching. 
I still do teach moves. I'm not a guy that goes, oh yeah, I don't teach any techniques. I have certain techniques that work super well, but I'm highlighting the concepts that make them work well. So then if you like that technique, you can add it to your game. But if you don't, you can look at the concept and look at the idea and say, well, I already like this guard pass. I'll do it this way. It's a difference in understanding. So few people just don't seem to understand that, especially in American jiu-jitsu. I am going to innovate it. I'm going to innovate, and that is what's going to make me great. Here's the problem. Say you're a nogi guy. You're going to make all these great innovations. But like everybody's kind of playing the same game right now. You know, like everyone's learning from the same couple of guys because it's working. They innovated already. Why not just steal what they have right now? Then we can focus on small innovations later. We can start to do these things later, but only by going out and testing what we have. It's, it's a combination of things. This is probably a good point to talk about um, competing this weekend. Uh, so this weekend I did the blue corner, um, what is that? CXBJJ is, uh, I think the, the, the big parent company. Um, but they had at the Harris casino in Kansas city had a, a professional jujitsu show. I co-main evented. The main event was Jordan Dowdy, one of my teammates. Uh, so we got to have a tag team co and a tag team main event. And, um, just a, a really, the second time I've competed, specifically at this place. Um, but the third time I've competed for this organization had a great experience all three times. Um, but it was just a different vibe for me. Uh, I think I've done, this was my fourth Nogi match in seven years. And the other three were in the course of like two months, uh, at the beginning of, of, I guess at the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023, so I'm not really super experienced in no gi competitively, but I've been competing a lot in the gi. I've been training a lot of no gi, but I've been training a lot in the gi. I went out and I knew like, okay, this guy that I'm fighting is a very good leg lock guy. Everybody I talk to, I literally, they'll say, who do you have? And so I got this guy and they would go, oh, well, I'm sure you know this already, but he's a big leg got guy. Oh, wow. I've fought him a couple times. He's heel hooked me every time. And like, I'm getting multiple and multiple things like that. And like, um, even, even I will, I'll, I'll call out one of my buddies, my boy, Devin, always there with me, especially in Kansas city, always there to coach me. We're talking about the match, and he's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And then he looks at me, and he goes, it's gi, right? And I go, no, it's no gi. And Devin goes, oh. And it was like the first bit of not confidence that he gave me, the only bit that he gave me, but I noticed it, and I was aware. I knew how good of leg locks this guy had. So typical thoughts of like, BJJ competition's a skill. So I have had multiple fights now that take place at 11.30. And I'm the, the main event or, or, in the, on, or really close to it. And a lot of people are there. Theoretically, they're going to be there excited to see me jiu do jiu-jitsu. Okay? And there's a lot of pressure on that. Like, okay, you're the, 
you're the main guy. So learning to save your energy. This is a little skill that I had, and we'll talk about this later. Um, you know, this is something that I was able to do. It was part of the general skill of jujitsu competition is not doing anything. Then when it was time to warm up, warming up well. That's also, this is not jujitsu technique, but it's a huge part of the competition, right? I came in and we'll talk about what type of game plan that you should have for competition. I came in and I executed what I thought commandment six would be and my game plan had to change. And I did not intend for it to turn into like a leg lock shootout, but I think my opponent had a good strategy and he said, hey, I just won't play any upper body with this guy. We will only play legs. If I'm opening up, it's in leg entanglements. And so for me, those were the only places that were open. And eventually, uh, in overtime, I was able to finish a lens lock. And super, super tough fight. Just a, uh, you know, definitely what I expected. But also, um, it was harder than I expected, right? And, um, you know, I look back at that and I go, okay, I know I didn't get near as much nogi training as I would like. I did some positional spars the week of of leg lock defense stuff, but it's just we were so busy with the STL Open and so many guys getting ready for gi stuff, I didn't get to do a lot of nogi stuff. I wasn't focused on nogi technique. I focused on leg lock defense because I could see certain leg locks that I wouldn't see in the gi. And then I just focused on all my other little skills of competing. And it resulted in me winning. So often we're thinking like, oh, I got to be training really hard right up until the tournament because like I'll lose all my jujitsu. And it's not like that. Most of the time you're overtrained by the time you go to the tournament. And that's why you don't perform well. And so understanding competition is a skill. And even at that is a list of skills that you could always develop individually. And I've been telling you guys this for years when I sucked at these skills, when I was constantly catching myself, losing matches and going, I felt so nervous. I felt so worried about that match. And I was losing matches that way. And so uh, understanding that jujitsu competition is not just who has better technique. It's who executes it at the right time. It's who executes it hard enough. Who has commitment to their technique? You know, like you see so many guys, they hit these six, seven, eight grip change sequences. And then right on the ninth grip change, when they have the sweep, they pause. And they don't do anything. We'll talk about that in just a second. I wanted to make sure to kind of just throw the the match details in the middle so then we could have more to, to build off of. Okay, so let's look at this. Again, we'll reference that match. A great coach can make a great difference. Oh, shoot, that wasn't the commandment version. I, I apologize. Commandment four is a great coach holds the power to transform. Thus, thou shalt heed the counsel of those thou trust, avoiding the treacherous path of in decision. Wow. That's a good one. A great coach holds the power to transform. And this is so true. I look at fat 14 year old Josh McKinney in the path of life that he was on. And then I look at where I'm at today and I've had quite a few amazing coaches, but jujitsu wise, I've had one main one. Kyle Watson has been my guy has been my coach. And I look at the 
transformative power that he has had in my life. People ask me, what would you be doing without jujitsu? It is impossible for me to answer that. Jiu-jitsu is such a big part of my life. I've done it for 15 years. I was alive for 14 years without jujitsu. How would I know what I would be doing? But it all comes back to having a great coach. It's really important that if you have big jujitsu competition goals, if you have big goals in jujitsu, but if you have big competition goals, if you have great goals, you need a great coach. But what does that mean? What is a great coach? Does it, again, does it have to be this amazing innovator? Does it have to be this amazing coach? Does it have to be this guy that has already taught all kinds of world champions? No, but those things are awesome. It would be great if you could have access to those things, but it's not an option for everybody. For me, that wasn't an option. I was my coach's second black belt. My dad was his first. How many amazing students do you think he had produced before us? None. We were some of his first students. So I look back and I go, okay, well, he made such a difference for me. But also, on the other side of things, I listened to everything that Kyle told me. There are no stories of me telling you guys, yeah, Kyle told me this and I went the opposite. None. Always trusted my coach, right? That's why I stayed in St. Louis when all my friends were moving. All my friends with quote-unquote potential were moving to bigger places to train. I said, no, 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 I have a great coach. I don't even know what that means yet. I didn't have a good way to define it, but I knew there was something about who Kyle was as a person that seemed to matter more than the fact that these guys were moving to train with these world champions. Um. And I look at that and I look now and I go, oh, it was, his, it was his willingness to learn. It was how he would learn things. It was why he would learn things. It was how he would teach me to learn things. If you have a coach, like I said in the beginning, you're a coach and you're afraid to go lose in front of your students. Honestly, if your, your students are leaving because you lose a match, those aren't the students you want anyway. Screw those guys. But if you go out, you have a coach that goes out and goes and loses and then goes out to the next one too and tries to learn from it and doesn't make excuses, you have a great coach and the potential that he has is limitless because he is continuing to learn. And that's something very few black belts do. That is something very few coaches do. So if you are seeing your coach learn, you are actually witnessing it, you have a great coach, as long as you line up morally with that person, just stay with that person. Learn together. Communicate a lot. Communicate where you're trying to get to. Have the coach communicate where he's trying to get to. See if you could help him. Coach, I know I'm not good enough at jiu-jitsu yet, but I could maybe take a little bit of the stress off you so you could focus a little more on this competition and you could get better and then in turn help me get better. Right? We talked about the seven habits uh, last week. Seven habits of highly effective grapplers. That is synergy is a huge one, right? Thinking win-win in those situations. That is a huge one. So, a, wait, no, it wasn't. A great coach holds the power to transform. Thus thou shall heed the counsel of those thou trusts. So put your trust in the right people. Don't just put your trust in Josh because he's online and he gets some listens. I'm right. 
Um, but don't just trust that. Test it. But you have a coach that sees you every day, and if he's willing to learn, that's more beneficial than anything else because you have somebody that can actually look at what you're doing and say, fix this, get better at this, do this. Okay. Now let's look at point number five, and we will start to these next three are all about actual competitive matches. Okay. And so I think you guys will like these. Um, they make, they make, uh, especially this next one, we'll finish our thoughts with commandment five and then take a commercial break. Okay. So commandment five in the realm of inches sees every opportunity bestowed upon thee for time is but a fleeting concept. Learn of points taken early and the mysteries of timekeeping. Wow. ChatGPT said that so much better than I did. I think my quote was, in a game of inches, take the points that you can get. Take what you can get. So this is what I explain to my students. Because people love to see how black belts compete and then go, this is how I should compete. But like, Sometimes black belts get away with competing this way because they have so much depth of knowledge, right? And what I mean by that is you'll see a really high-level black belt, four minutes left, get into their best sweeping position, and then wait, and then try to sweep at the very end, okay? I don't think you should do that. The reason I don't think you should do that is you see that game plan fail so often, and um, and I'd explain points and time in grappling a little bit differently than I probably ever have, okay? So let's look at basically any other sport that there is. We can look at either football, okay? American football or what all you you guys think football is. Um, doesn't even make sense. Why would you call it football? Because you use your feet to play with the ball. We call ours football because... Huh. Well, anyway, either sport, you look at basketball, you look at, man, you just look at so many different sports. One of the best ways to run away with, uh, with a fight, with a match, with a game is to start to make your other team, make the other team have to take risks. One of the best ways to get that team to have to take risks is to let them start losing. Let them feel the pressure of being behind. Let's take American football, for instance. There are two teams, and maybe they're like evenly matched, and we expect this to be a super close game. Team one scores their first drive. Team two throws an interception, and now team one gets another chance. Team one scores again. Now they're up two touchdowns. It's 14 to nothing. There is no scenario that team two can be back in less than two different good things happening, right? You need two things to happen. So what does team two start to do? Well, they start slinging the ball. They start taking big risks because you're down two scores. You have to catch up. If you get down three scores, might as well just go home, right? You have to catch up. So you start taking big risks. You start throwing the ball more. Crap, our quarterback sucks. We're getting picked over and over now we're down 50 to nothing. Is that team 
50 points better if they played 100 more times is that team going to win team one going to win by 50 points every time no the momentum the pace the pressure of losing those changed the game and it stopped being about who was better and about who is ahead because in especially when there's points but i'll let you i'll tell you how to think when there aren't points and how you can use the same idea when there aren't points but especially when there are points in competition, knowing that you are losing and the clock is ticking down to your demise is a very stressful feeling. Because when you're losing, the clock is now against you. You are now fighting your opponent and the clock. So, for instance, when you pull guard, you're like, well, Josh, I don't really have a good top game. That's okay. You pull guard and you have a good sweep. You hit your sweep. And that thought slips through your mind of, but you don't have a good top game. Don't come up. Don't come up. It's not the right thought, in my opinion. You take those points because points in a jujitsu match, especially if you were evenly matched, are hard to come by. And you always have this thought that, oh, no, no, I'll find some later on. You're not going to find them later on. Especially if this guy's tough. Especially if this guy gets ahead of you. Then he can play a little more cagey. He can, he can tighten his elbows a little bit. He can play a little safer. He doesn't have to take risks. You do. And then he counters those risks and you get submitted. And you go, oh, I suck. This guy was better. You know, and yeah, he was. But a lot of times, maybe he was just better at the pace. He simply got on the board faster. So... Commandment 5 in the realm of inches sees every opportunity bestowed upon thee, for time is but a fleeting concept. Learn of points taken early and the mysteries of timekeeping. So now let's go back to that same scenario. You have your good sweep. You hit it. You come up. Yeah, you're on top for 30 seconds and the guy sweeps you back. But when this guy sweeps you back, his mindset is now, I had to do all that work just to get back to even. I had to work so hard to get back to even. And now he's also thinking, this guy's guard swept me so easily. Versus you win your couple grip fights, you get to your best position, you show him your best position, and then you sit there and you don't do anything. He gets to feel out your best position. He gets to go, oh, well, when my weight's here, my hands are here, when I'm doing this, oh, this is helping. This is making it hard. He can't finish when I leave, when I lean this way. He's stuck. You give him time to figure it out. And then he's got all this confidence when it's 0-0 at the end and you plan on in these last 60 seconds coming up like a hero and getting your sweep. Nah, you got to get ahead early. You take the points. When points are available, you take them. This is one of the best habits that I've seen on getting into being a good competitor is putting people, putting the pressure on your opponent. Now you're dealing with the points. You're dealing with the fact that the timer is dwindling down and you're dealing with the fact that I'm under Josh McKinney and he's the best staller in the world. And so, well, I mean the second best under Kyle Watson. Um, but when you look at that, when you look at just scoring early, I promise you it will change so many matches. It will make you so much better at competing because then you get to go, okay, well, now it's your turn. You have to take risks. And for instance, this match that I had, I was having trouble, like I said, getting my opponent to open up anything upper body-wise. 
just would not let me get an underhook on him, would not let me get to his neck very well. I just really did a good job keeping me off his upper body. And what he did was he made me have to play in, no, 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 I'm not playing this part of jiu-jitsu. We are going to only play the part of jiu-jitsu that I like. And for me, it's like, dang it, this is not what I wanted. I've got to now shoot out with this guy, right? And it gets you out of your game plan. Of course, having other skills, you know, having a well-rounded game of jiu-jitsu is huge. But something that I kept focused on in that match, and it, I'll, maybe I'll share that eventually. I've been telling you guys I'll do match breakdowns and then never doing them. Um, so maybe one day I'll do match breakdowns. I don't know. Uh, but if I do, what you would notice is even though there aren't points, I was always trying to just continue an offensive fight. That was the pace that was working for me. It was like, hey, when I'm sitting here even with this dude and not risking anything, I cannot get to his upper body like I want, so nothing's happening. So instead, when we're standing, I will just sit and try to sweep and attack the legs. When I'm on top, I will just constantly try to get in on my pass, get in on my pass, get in on my pass, just keep those things offensive. And what starts to happen, because even without, this is a submission-only match, it's points only, or no points. Um, so these sweeps and these passes I'm trying to hit, they really don't even matter. But what they do is they start to play in the other guy's head. They, he starts to say, I haven't gotten to do enough offense. I haven't gotten to do enough offense. And even though I got him to open up the end and almost had a guillotine, I couldn't finish. Um, it came from like that pressure of, man, I've been on defense too much. I've been on defense too much. Um, and again, I don't know what this dude's thoughts are. I just, I know this is how it feels to be on the other side of it. And this is, uh, understanding that like you take every inch I'm dead tired by minute four. I'm not ever in any good shape. I don't even do no gi, dude. And so for me at minute four, my mind is saying like, dude, you're going to get tired. Don't, don't push it too hard. You're going to get tired. But my mind was also saying, take every inch you can get right now. Cause it may not be available later may not be available later just take it now and um you know it's just learning how to do that learning how to to trust your jujitsu enough to let yourself be able to compete almost dead tired and still be pushing it and go no, no no i have a little more i could push it here oh here's a little more here's an inch i'm gonna i'm gonna fill that inch and um yeah just a different way of thinking but let's take a little pause so i can regather my thoughts and we can take it over to josh for a quick commercial break Hey guys, Josh McKinney here. Just want to tell you about something exciting. I've told you guys about this one million times, but I've never actually given you this easy of an option to do it. Um, but I've told you guys about my newsletter with simplifyingjujitsu.com. It is called the Gi Gazette. And what it is, is kind of just a funny little newsletter where we will send out different thoughts that we're having, any new content that we are creating. Um, at Simplifying Jiu-Jitsu, we tend to create a lot of free content, just like the ISACA Jiu-Jitsu show. And um, we're going to be able to get that content train rolling a lot more. And so really, if you're looking for free ways to get better at Jiu-Jitsu uh, and some simple ways to just laugh about Jiu-Jitsu related things, then you absolutely need to be a part of the Gee Gazette. Uh, and the only way to do that, actually, there are two ways. You could always sign up for the Three Lenses ebook, like I tell you, or you could click the link below, which is simplifyingjujitsu.com slash gi. All you have to do is type in 
your uh, your email address, and I will put you on the Gee Gazette, and you'll be a part of the Gee Gazette. All the discounts that come with it, all of the fun little things that you get to hear about, and hear about in a little more vulgar detail than I generally will share on the show, which is just this public platform. Uh, the Gee Gazette's a little more private, and so if that interests you, be sure to go to the link in the description. It will literally take you ten seconds, and you can sign up for the Gee Gazette and start hearing from us at Simplifying Jujitsu even more, and you can simplify your jujitsu even more. Let's get back to the episode. Commandment six. Prepare for the entire battle, but focus solely on the first grip fight, for therein lies the foundation of thy strategy. Prepare for the entire battle, but focus solely on the first grip fight. So when you are at the gym, we talk about this constantly. Uh, so something I've been pushing more and more is if you are a competitor, in probably even if you aren't, you just want to get better at jujitsu, taking your days of training and having some built for performance, maybe one to two a week. I really don't even see any reason to have three days of performance uh, for jujitsu unless you just have excess of energy. But one to two days. All other days of training are about developing skills so you can win more on those one or two days. This is a huge part of getting good at jujitsu competition is getting good at all those other things that come into uh, or that come with a competition, right? Uh, you start to tell yourself maybe even your performance day for me, my performance day is it is it revive shout out to I have a cup of revive BJJ coffee. It, uh, you know, it did what it was supposed to and made me a super soldier before my match. And so, uh, Shout out, cheers to Revive BJJ Coffee. Um, but I go to Revive uh, one day a week, and I train with the the Revive Super Soldiers that are drinking the Revive Coffee, and we fight to the death from the feet. And it's really rough, and it's really terrible for my body and my mind, and I hate it. But it has helped me become so much better at competing because I'm going against these guys that can match me or are stronger than me. And we're just seeing who wins rounds. I'm not working anything new, anything specific. I am trying to do everything I can to strategize and win the rounds that day. And then when it's time to compete, I'm used to doing that. But if I think of all jujitsu as the same, and I always just show up, and like, especially if the guys that I train with aren't very good and they can't push me. And I never have to actually perform. Well, when it's time to actually perform in a jujitsu match, it's going to be very hard for me to do it. I am not used to having the pressure on while something is, you know, while I'm in a stressful environment. We were joking about a day of training and we were talking about it just a few days ago. Um, but it was a, a day at Revive, at Revive 1.0, which was even more violent of a place and even rougher of a place. Um, this was before they had the coffee. It was, I don't even remember who it was. I've told this story on the podcast, but Junior invited our, our friends, uh, Parada and Vava uh, from Kansas City, and they're both tough black belts on the, you know, like on the idea of there's this visiting black belt coming in and we've got to kill him. And Vava and Parada are like, yeah, please, we've been waiting for you to tell us that. 
and then the visiting black belt coming in was me. Um, our, we're all on the same team. We're all friends. And, uh, and that's what they did. They absolutely did. And there was this point where I was seeing stars and Devin was choking me to death. He broke his hand choking me so hard and I threw up. And I was like, wow, this is harder than any jujitsu competition that I've ever done in my life. And while this is happening, Junior's on the sideline yelling, Caleb, finish him. He's weak. He's weak. You know, that kind of stuff. That was a stressful environment. We focused on performance. But here is the thing. If I go out now, because this is the other side of that coin. We talked about guys that don't have hard enough training. Other people will then get that type of training and go, this is the only type of training that there is. The matches that I'm going to be in, I'm going to be so tired. and I'm going to have to fight to the death. I should be drilling bad positions when I'm tired. Those things aren't bad. But being in bad positions when you're tired, if that is the general strategy that you have for jujitsu competition, that's not good. You're going to lose basically every match. Why would you be in a bad position while you were tired? You shouldn't do that. You should have used that energy and prevented yourself getting in the bad position, not use that energy once you're there. Uh, and so I think that so often that's what people think about when they think about a jiu-jitsu tournament. We're going to be in the last 20 seconds and I'm going to have to shoot a takedown on this guy because those are the cool stories that you hear about jiu-jitsu tournaments. Those are what movies are like, and so we think that that's what it's going to be like. But for me, my best performances in jiu-jitsu competitions are when I'm not worried about it. I know a little about my first opponent. My coach tells me a game plan for that first opponent, and I just go out and grapple. And then by the time I have the next opponent, we've both, both my coach and I have watched him that day compete. We stay in the moment. We go, okay, this is how, this is how you compete against this guy. This is how you fight this guy. But it's always something so simple. It's always like, hey, you should pull against this guy. You should wrestle against this guy. That's what it is. Those are the game plans that we discuss. These high level, well thought out game plans. When I break down um, you know, I, I was, I, I won in Nashville breaking down my final Nick Sanders pulls me aside. Not always my coach. He's always great when he is my coach, but he's not always my, you know, live coach that day. And he says, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to pull guard. You're going to get a sweep. I don't want you shaking this guy's hand. He'll try to shake your hand and pull. So don't shake his hand once the match starts. And then he said, once you're on top, you'll crush this guy. Yes, sir. Got it. That's what I went out and did. And then in the last 20 seconds, I, or with like two minutes left, I took some unnecessary risks when I was up because I didn't understand the idea of pacing very well. I'm a maniac. It's just what I do. Uh, and then what happened is we were down to the last 20 seconds, and I did have to score. And I was able to do that. But you have to understand, I wasn't able to do that because I willed myself about it. I hadn't shot a triangle that's why i got a triangle arm bar that's what the round the match ended with and that, that's what won me the match um or ended in and that's what won me the match and uh again 20 25 seconds left in the match slap it on i haven't i hadn't shot a triangle in months 
to be honest, I hadn't really trained in the gi for that. I don't know why this is always the story for me is like, it's really hard for me to make the transition from gi to no gi and then back to the other. Um, but yeah, wasn't training much gi. I was training a lot more. I guess I wasn't training. I was just finishing training a lot of no gi. Um, and going back to like, okay, I guess I'm a gi guy now. You know, do these concepts still work? Does this jujitsu still work? Um, but having a simple strategy and all the strategy was, was the first three moves. That's what coach, coach Eric Hebner talked about when he was on the show, um, is I'm thinking about my first three moves, not my first three quote unquote techniques, like take down to guard pass to mount, like right hand grip, level change, sweep single. Those are my first three moves, right hand grip, uh, you know, push the shoulder single. Those are my first three moves. If I miss it, whatever. It's no big deal. But what it does is it gets you in the jujitsu mindset. It gets you doing jujitsu. We talk about the the problem most people face in jujitsu tournaments is that they don't do jujitsu. They worry about other stuff. They worry about being gritty and they worry about am I in shape? Am I not in shape? Well, those things you'll find out very quickly. So don't worry about them. They are out of your control at this point. You've done your prep. You have to believe that the jujitsu will be there when you demand it to. And that is like that triangle. I haven't shot a triangle in it, full disclosure. I had an injury and I did, hadn't shot a triangle in like a really long time. And it actually exasperated the injury. It really hurt to shoot the triangle. But it was something I've done for years. I've done it in competition a lot. When it was time for me to say, hey, do you still remember how to do this body? It did. But it wasn't me willing it that way. It wasn't me thinking about it beforehand. So thinking about the tournament and all these different outcomes, to me, doesn't make sense. When I break down a match, um, it's funny. Back to that Kansas City match, we stopped it and back to another. Uh, man, Devin's a star of the show. He's going to be on soon, I swear. Um Funny little side note, he gives us a key to his gym because he's like, yeah, go warm up there before you guys check into your hotel because Devin's the man. And I'm like, yeah, don't give me the key. Give Emily the key because she's the only responsible one in this group. And he's like, yeah, I was planning on it. Got it. So Emily texts me on like Monday while we're back in Illinois, not in Kansas City. And she goes, I just realized Devin's key's still in my purse. And I'm like, oh my gosh, babe, that's such a Josh move. Uh, but anyway, uh, Devin opened up the gym. We kind of talk over what we're going to do. Uh, me and one of my brown belts, Ron Ron. It's not his real name. It's not the name he competed under, but that's the only name I know him by. Uh, we both are on the show. We just kind of warmed up, stretched out, talked about what we were going to aim for. And he was joking with me after. He's like, dude, he's like, you literally did everything that you said you were going to do. He said every single thing. He goes, you said that you were going to eventually get this guy to wrestle up into guillotine and you hit it. And he's like, and you said eventually, you know, this is what's going to happen and you hit it. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was one big thing I said. It was the biggest thing. What did I tell you? It was like the biggest thing. Oh, you didn't want to trade leg locks with this guy. And that's all you did, you know, when you weren't doing the other things that you said. I'm like, yeah, I did, you know, but it was all that was available and too much marriage to a strategy is going to screw you over. And even for me, like I expected my guy to pull and then the match started and I was like, Oh, I guess I'm wrestling. 
I hadn't even thought about that I was going to have to wrestle. So my first three moves changed. You make those adjustments, right? But the strategy comes from the strategy comes from those first three steps, those first three grips, and that's what you replay in your head. Not that you have the number one seed in the second round. If you focus on that, trust me, you're not going to make it there. I promise. I've done this a million times. You will not be there if you are too worried about getting there for that guy. You worry, you worry about the task at hand. That guy, most of the time, freaking no-shows for the tournament anyway, and it doesn't even matter. Don't let those thoughts into your mind. You pay attention to who you have in front of you. You show them the same, same amount of respect you show every opponent. You focus on the first three moves, and you stay in the moment. You stay present. You stay when it's time to warm up. You warm up. You're not warming up and going, yeah, I'm going to be out there doing this. No, you are in your warm-up. You only get one shot. Be present there. Be present as you go all the way into your first round. Be present in that first grip fight. But then once the jiu-jitsu starts rolling, that first grip fight, you're going to check the box and your mind will start doing jiu-jitsu. And that's all you can ask for. Does that mean you're going to win? Nah. But at least you go out and grapple. The only thing that I ever complain to myself about when I compete is like I didn't feel like myself. I didn't go do jiu-jitsu. I didn't do my jiu-jitsu. Those are the only regrets I ever have anymore when it comes to competition. And I notice so many people from white to black belt struggle with this still. One of the best ways to deal with it is to stay present, focus only on that first grip fight. Get yourself into your right position and you'll get a bunch of wins. Let's move on to commandment seven. Sometimes victory in, and this is kind of what we were just talking about. Sometimes victory in a BJJ tournament is thine. For thou art more skilled at the art of patience than thy opponent. I think how I had this written was sometimes you win matches because you're better at waiting than the other person. You I, better at waiting. Probably the art of patience sounds so much better. Thanks, ChatGPT. Um, but sometimes just being patient is all you need. Sometimes that is the make or break of whether or not you're going to win. Like I told you guys, I competed at 1130. You know how hard it is to drive from Granite City to Kansas City to wait. Oh, you're hotel is an hour late to check in wait till five okay now from i weigh in at 4 30 get back up to the hotel room by 5 30 considering the day started at nine when we left then to try to chill for a while before seven where you go into the green room and then you wait for four hours before you compete that's a really hard day the jiu-jitsu part really isn't the hard part. It's making sure I save energy for the jiu-jitsu part. And like normally when I'm the main event and it's late at night, I will get a nap in and because the, the hotel wasn't able to. I'm like, ugh, this isn't ideal. I would rather have done this differently. So I just conserved energy, just chilled. I told you guys um, the last time that I fought on, actually it would have been two times ago that I fought on Blue Corner. I was the main event in St. Louis. And I told you guys how many of my students and how many of my coaches came up to me and were see, thinking like they were worried. 
like, hey, are you here? Are you in this? It's funny. My coach, Kyle Watson, he didn't. He knew. He's like, I know this guy. And when he's this chill, this is when he does best. And I wasn't worried about it. I just said, hey, this, the moment is going to come. I will be warm and I will, I will bring it. You know, I will give everything that I have when it's time to give everything that I have. But until then, the moment is not here. And so I'm not going to think like the moment is here. I'm not going to get pumped up. You know, if I could take a nap, I would. But here's the thing. Like when you start to just focus on what needs to be focused on, you save so much energy for jujitsu competition. When you stay in the moment, like I said, when you're not warming up, the moment is, is pretty much just wait, is do nothing. Hey, you have free time for the first time in your life. What TV show do you like to watch on your phone? You know, what YouTuber do you like to watch? That's what you do. Nothing else you can do. There's no amount of worry that is going to help you win. If anything, it's just going to steal your energy. So you learn to keep your mind off of it. I will yell at my students sometimes when they're at a tournament helping like, you know, they're getting guys water and they're coaching. They're doing everything they should be doing, but they've got to compete later. And I'll be like, hey, shut up. You need to go leave. You should be in your car right now. You should be at home right now, dude. We're, you know, we're in town. You should be at the hotel. Doesn't make sense for you to be here. You're wasting your energy that you need to concentrate and fight really hard. Keep that mental energy. Keep that physical energy. And when it's time to warm up, you warm up. And you enjoy your warm-up. You enjoy the nervousness and the, and the fear that you are experiencing because you understand as a good competitor that that fear that you're feeling is something nobody gets to feel. That is a gift. Nobody gets to be afraid that they're about to get into a fight. I promise you, go around your work. Unless you work at a gym like I do. And you said, hey, when's the last time you were worried about getting in front of people for five to ten minutes and fighting as hard as you can against somebody who's a trained fighter, a trained grappler? When's the last time you did that? I promise you nobody in your work is going to say that they've done it. So nobody has experienced that fear, that life and death fear. And you are only going to get to experience it for a period of time. Nobody gets to compete forever. Nobody even gets to do jujitsu forever. There will be a day that we do not get to do these things. Don't waste today saying, I wish that this feeling would go away. I don't want to experience this. I love that when Chris Wojcik said, just tell yourself you're excited. Like there's no no real difference between excitement and, and nervousness of competition. And that is true. You were excited because this is a gift. I I, I tell this story. I tell like my student, the, the Allen brother that's likable, Brian. He was um doing pans at white belt and he had had a few tournaments in a row of not performing well. And so we had the just do jujitsu conversation, but before we had that. We talked about like, dude, you've already won. We're from Granite City and you get to compete. And like, I think the, the term I used was Gretchen from accounting 
could have gotten a face tattoo and you could all go back to work on Monday and you would still be the most interesting person on Monday because you went to Orlando, Florida to fight people. And then he went out and performed like his best performance ever. And it was because he had accepted like, you know what? Losing, it could happen. It may not. But I know that this is going to be a fun experience if I let it be. And then he just went out and grappled and got a lot of wins. It was a really great experience. And I always think back to that because, you know, it was, I could see the fear and like the frustration and like that. I don't want to have spent this money and lose. And I'm nervous about this. And we put all this pressure on ourselves. One of the easiest things you can do. And I promise you're like, but Josh, you don't understand this. This tournament was so important to me. I'm like, bro, YouTube me. I have thousands of losses against really high-level guys that if I could have beat them, it would have changed everything for me in my mind, right? Oh, this, would, this is it. And I would put that pressure. And then when I stopped putting that pressure, I kind of started to beat those guys. I start, stopped, it stopped being about, well, if I can win this match, then my podcast will be big. Then everything will be different, and then we'll be rich. Then me and Emily won't live in such a small house. And then I'll be able to provide for my son one day. When I stopped doing that and I started saying, I'm going to win this first grip fight. I started winning more matches because I stopped caring about who I was grip fighting against. And I would win the first grip fight. And then you know what my next step was? I'm going to win this next grip fight. I'm going to win this next grip fight. I'm going to keep winning these grip fights. Just change your mindset. Be in the moment, be patient, and just do jujitsu. This is a good one. Commandment eight, be the embodiment of the ideal teammate thou long for, displaying loyalty, support, and camaraderie. Be the teammate you wish you had. I think about this constantly. I try to build my, my local team so much. Whether people are on my team or not, just my local group of people who I am helping them get better and they're helping me. And the reason that I do that, one is because teamwork makes the dream work, but because it's something that I never had. Like I told you guys, I was Kyle's main guy. So I'm coming up and he's, he's building his reputation as a coach of competitors kind of on me. I was really his only competitor for a long time. And so then we're like, oh, all right, well, well, I would love if I got to have the big team like these guys get to. I would love if I got to experience what these teams are getting to experience where when we go to Chicago Open and it's me and Kyle and we both win gold, literally there's no, nothing happens. It's just like, yeah, we both individually won gold. Good for us. Even we both win weight, still nothing happens. But when you go there on a team... Your gold contributes to team points. And there is this, this excitement. As a guy who has never gotten to be on a team, who now gets to be on a team, and now is getting to be on a team that's doing really well in Midwest Jiu-Jitsu. The Jiu-Jitsu place that I told you guys, I said I wasn't going to leave. That when all my friends were gone, I said, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm staying here. And this place is going to be good jujitsu, and I want to be part of it. And I look at that now. 
and it's like getting to win. I told you guys about the the STL Open win um, just a few weeks ago with, you know, TAC team was able to win the, the team trophy. And this is the biggest, this is the most prestigious jiu-jitsu tournament that's ever been in the city that I've done jiu-jitsu in for 15 years. It was very important to me to win it. It really was. I really cared about that. But it was simply because it was something that I never got to experience coming up. I never got to win a big tournament, a tournament that mattered. I got to win a lot of individual tournaments, but I didn't, it didn't really matter, right? And so now as a teammate, I am, you know, when, when black belts on tag team compete, even the ones I barely know, I'm there. I'm in their corner. I don't really care. I'm going to be helping in any way I can, whether they need coaching, whether they need a water, whether they need whatever. Why? Because that's what I wish I used to have. And I have it now. And so I try to just be the teammate that I wish I had. Be the embodiment of the ideal teammate that I long for. Just like it's, you know, just like it's read in the Bible, right? Uh, so um, let's move on to commandment nine. Thou shall encounter both triumph and defeat. This is, this is really a reiteration of the first one, but it needed to be reiterated. Thou shalt encounter both triumph and defeat, yet from each experience thou shalt learn and grow. Rejoice, for the path of the true competitor demands frequent trials. Reward thyself, whether thou reveal in victory or endure the sting of loss. Man, that's a really good one. Chat GPG, man. Um, so this one is about celebrating whether you win or lose and learning whether you win or lose. Both things are super important. Let's talk learning first. Tell you guys, that saying, you either win or you learn, is not true. Because every time you lose, you get the chance to make an excuse. And as soon as you make an excuse, you do not learn. Your learning has now been stifled. doesn't mean you don't learn at all, but your learning has been stifled. It has been slowed substantially. Now, if you win or you lose, and you come away with, this is what I need to work on, because I tested myself this week, and this is what the test revealed. And you move on. Whether you win or you lose, you say, I'm going to learn from these things. It's completely different than you losing and making an excuse. It is so easy to lose and not learn. You have to learn on purpose. You have to have intention. When you lose, when you win, when you go to compete, you have to be able to look back and say, what, what happened there? Was it something tournament skill-wise? Was it in my warm-up? Was it in my other things that are in my control? Or was it just skill? Do I need more skills in these positions? Do I need a better game plan? Do I need a better strategy? Do I need better pacing? Luckily, I have a great coach, and I will ask him. So win or lose, you learn no matter what. And I think a lot of people, this is not hard for them. But this next thought, and I will explain why this is my opinion. You can disagree. You can think of it however you want. But this is my opinion when it comes to jiu-jitsu competition. You celebrate whether you win or you lose. You celebrate whether you win 
or you lose. Or, as commandment 9 put it, reward thyself whether thou reveal in revel, sorry, not reveal, revel in victory or endure the sting of loss. Reward yourself. Why? Because jujitsu competition is a skill. How do you get better at a skill? You understand it deeper and you do it a lot. You repeat it. The best way to get good at jujitsu competition, all 10 commandments that I'm hitting you guys with today came from going to a lot of jujitsu competitions. And I have got become a better, better competitor as a black belt by going to jujitsu competitions, taking my losses, taking my wins. But no matter what, win or lose, we celebrate after. Why? Because the only way to get good is to continue to get reps of competing. The only way to convince yourself to continue to get reps of competing is to not punish yourself for losing. I promise you this. I, I, this, may sound, this may sound rude, but I'm a better competitor than you. Trust me on this. Reward yourself no matter what. Because when you punish yourself, there's a really easy fix. You know, I punish myself enough times. I will convince myself that every time I lose, it is the end of the world and it's this big frustrating thing and I should cry about it and I should be frustrated and I should be upset with myself. Now, here's the problem with that. You want to never experience that again? Yeah? Okay. Quit competing. You'll never experience that again. You will never deal with that feeling again. You just quit competing. Now, if no matter what, you reward yourself because competing is really, 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 really hard and really, 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 really scary and you make it part of your habit that you get a reward, life moves on no matter what and again, you get practice staying in the moment because sometimes you lose and you're eating in and out and it's the best in and out in the world but you're just so sad and you're so focused on the past that you can't enjoy it. You're wanting to punish yourself. I don't deserve this. I'm a loser. I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. Don't let yourself do those things. Do not talk to yourself that way. When you lose, yeah, you can suck. You know, I told you guys, when I lose, it's because I suck. But what do I focus on? How do I suck a little less? This guy kept me flat. He kept me on my back the whole time. I ain't complaining that he stalled. If my jujitsu didn't work for that period of time, my jujitsu just didn't work. I couldn't open him up. My jujitsu just didn't work. It's not a big deal. I don't have to be mad at myself. Let's go, let's go get in and out. Let's go make a ton of terrible decisions because we're celebrating, right? Let's wake up tomorrow and be so sick and upset because we over-celebrated. And then we go to class on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday if we need a little break. And what that will do is it will convince you to compete more because you reward yourself no matter what because competing is hard. And all those people that are mean on Facebook that talk trash on Reddit about competitors, they are afraid to compete. They all suck. All of those people absolutely suck. 
and this is a generalization, not always is a competitor at a belt level going to be better than a non-competitor. There are certain hobbyists that will rock your world. But in general, a competitor is going to be better than a non-competitor. Why? Because they've experienced jujitsu at a, a, a stronger test. And because since they're constantly competing, they're constantly forcing themselves to get better. Because there is this more stressful, this bigger goal. This is why I say everyone should probably have a performance day even when they are a hobbyist. Because you can compete without being a competitor. And maybe you don't have the hardest rounds in the world, but you still focus on winning on those rounds. And then the times you don't, then you can ask yourself, why didn't I win? What could I break down? And this is also something I do on my performance day is even when I'm in the height of my diet and it's brutal, I get some type of reward after performance day because it's competing. That's my competition day. And so no matter what, you reward yourself. And then what's going to happen is you are going to compete regularly. You are going to compete so much more. Now, let's talk about commandment 10. I really love how these turned out. This may just be me that liked them. Um, it may just be the Christian in me that likes them. The the King James version of the Bible, Christian and me, uh, the 17, or no, six, what is it? Is it 1611? King, I don't know. It's, it, it's, there's some year. Um, but anyway, uh, I'll stop offending other Christians. Let's go to commandment 10. Thou shalt cultivate the spirit of relentless resilience for in the face of adversity, thou shalt rise and persevere. In all these things, like that's why we're talking about creating the habit of performing, creating the habit of competing. If you want to be good at anything, repetition is important. If you want to get reps at anything, consistency is important. And being willing to do it for a really long time is important. This is how you get good at anything. Jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu competition is no different. You will not be better by just listening to this podcast episode. Get reps, get reps on a performance day. Take your beatings, be okay with being frustrated. Sometimes we are gonna be frustrated. We care about jujitsu. You know, I sometimes will present it to you guys like, don't let yourself get frustrated. Yes, that would be ideal, but understand, I still get frustrated. I still get, I think about, I think about being with, uh, me and Bryce were sitting in my car after a loss. And uh, if I'm being totally honest with you guys, I am just crying. I'm so upset. I just like, I was, I felt so good in the match. Um, and it just did not go my way. And it was completely on me. I actually, actually, I come into that match with an injury and it got exposed and then it got taken advantage of. And I was dominating. I was feeling great and I was so frustrated. I was so discouraged. And I just remember saying, I am just so, I probably might've even said an expletive, um, tired of losing. I'm so tired of losing. And I could feel that and it was really discouraging. And I was already registered. I was still injured. I was already registered to compete a few weeks later. And I'm like, man, I could just I could just be done. I have an injury. No, everyone would understand. 
and you shouldn't compete injured. This is a black belt adult thing. Um, this is a black belt adult story of resilience. You really should play for the long game. But for me, I'm getting to the end of the long game, right? And so at least as a as an adult competitor. And so the decisions I'm making are like, I've got to commit. I've got to do these. I've got to be resilient. I've got to persevere, especially towards the end for me. And so I still went and did that tournament. I got some of the biggest wins I'd ever had. I won the tournament. And I was, you know, it, it was funny. We were in my car, I think, driving home. And I go, Bryce, how many times have I cried to you? And we just been both frustrated, like, dude, I'm just so tired of losing. And then, like, we started to get some wins. And we still lose all the time. But, like, there was a change. And that change really, as much as it came from the other nine commandments and all these other ideas and all these other skills that we developed and all this stuff that we learned, those things were impossible if we let our discouragement rule us. If we didn't persevere and just keep checking the boxes every week, staying consistent, that is the secret to how you get good at jujitsu is trial and error. And then you just don't give up and you just keep doing it. And yeah, we can innovate. Yeah, we can do all these things that people put all this stress into. But to me, the perseverance, the consistency, that's what you focus on. That's what matters. And uh, yeah, that's what I'll leave you guys with. And that is the episode. Thank you guys for checking this one out. Uh, Hope this one turns out well. I really liked doing, I like it when we do seven habits, 10 commandments, just a lot more little blurbs because sometimes I'll run out of stuff to talk about. And I'll just go, ah, screw it. We'll move on. We have nine other commandments to talk about. And so, uh, yeah, that's really fun for me. But just like I told you guys at the beginning of this episode, if you want me to go deeper on any thought or expand on any thought, or there were certain parts, like for instance, I was talking about in um, three, BJJ competition is a distinct skill or it's a, a set of distinct skills um, separate from rolling. And so if you heard that and you go, well, okay, but what are all the BJJ competition skills? You could send that suggestion um, and that would be probably a good episode, but I wouldn't really do it unless I know that people want to hear it. And so uh, when we're listening to, especially when I'm throwing a lot at you guys, if there's a little thought of like, oh, but I wish you would expand on this, send me an email. The best way to send me an email is just to reply to the emails that you get from the Gee Gazette. And so you can also email Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Um, but yeah, reply to the Gee Gazette. Remember, there is a link in the description to get in on the Gee Gazette absolutely free. And uh, yeah, just get better at simplifying your jujitsu and understanding jujitsu. Uh, that's all I have for you guys today. Let's go ahead and I guess I think that's it I think let's go ahead and end today's episode and we will be back this Tuesday with an interview for you guys um that's all I have for you guys dang is that all I had something else darn it well if I did I'll just email you on the geek is that because you're going to be signing up for it very soon so I hope today's episode helps you guys um helps you guys just motivate you guys to compete a little bit I hope that some people are like especially first-time competitors or people that have been afraid to compete for a while, I hope that you guys maybe go, hey, 
this doesn't sound so bad. It's okay to lose. I didn't know that. I need to just get reps of losing. I didn't know that. I'll trust this guy. I'll start trying. If that is the case, I really hope that it is, that it motivated some people. Send me an email. Let me know that you are, I don't know, that you're just getting and kind of taking that risk and and trying to compete a little bit Uh, because it's a huge step. It is so scary. It's so intimidating. And so many people who suck and are too afraid to do it have all kinds of opinions about it. And the truth is their opinions are irrelevant because they don't do it. They're afraid to do it and they let their fear rule them. And a lot of times they get embarrassed when you go and lose and they go, well, this guy's not letting his fear rule him. I I need to make fun of him. That's the only reason that that even ever happens. And so understand those people suck. They're useless human beings. Uh, I'm just joking. That's a little aggressive, Um, but they do suck. And yeah, on that note, that's all I have for you guys today. Hope you guys compete. Hope you compete a lot. Hope you have a ton of success in it. Hope you credit to that success to the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. And most importantly, I hope that today's episode helps you guys suck just a little bit less at Jiu-Jitsu. Have a great day, guys.